And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Uh, in all fairness to uh, Chris Overby, uh, I am no longer the youngest elder. So just want to lay that out there. So, you know, in that scripture we just read, uh, you know, that voice comes down from heaven and it says, This is my son in whom I am well pleased. Now, now, for me, that's a little different sounding than it might be for you because when I hear that, that's something I always wanted to hear. But I didn't have that. I didn't grow up with a dad in the house, but I always wanted that opportunity to hear that. I want to say happy Father's Day to all you fathers. And I want to look at each one of you and tell you, well done. You're awesome. You're doing a great job. Keep it up. It's important that you hear that. It's important that you know that. A lady was flying from Denver to Kansas City. And on the way over, she was waiting, uh, uh, waiting for the next flight, and there was a, a, a mom and her 8-year-old son sitting across from her, and the mom was giving some instructions to the little, little boy. said, now, when we land, I want you to hug your father first, then the dog. And so, you know, I, I think sometimes we have to have that little bit of an explanation. In a minute, we're going to be playing a video. Now, this video comes from uh, one of my favorite shows, Fresh Prince from Bel-Air. Uh, this is actually a Father's Day scene, a uh, father's scene that he has. And let me kind of, because we've cut the clip back for time purposes, so I'm going to kind of give you a little intro on it. What's happening here is that uh, Will, uh, his dad has been an absentee dad his whole life, but he has missed his dad like crazy, and I understand that. And so he has an opportunity to, his dad comes back into his life, makes all these promises to him. He's going to go with his dad. He's going to give up everything he's doing, and he's going to go with his dad just so he can be that father-son time that he's wanted so much. And so, but then the dad changes again and wants to slip away. So he has just told Will, I'm not, I'm, I'm going to go away, but I'll make plans with you. I'll call you. And he goes, uh, Will can tell immediately that that's not the case. Go ahead. Okay, I know you're sitting there going, that's just a sitcom. Okay, that's a sitcom that happened to me. Now, my situation is a little different. Uh, I'm coming off of my high school, my senior season. I'm going off to college to play football, spring break. I go to Albuquerque, and I manage to hook up and meet with my dad. So I go to a Whataburger to meet with him. And as I walked in, now, uh, my family background, my dad is, uh, he's Irish, from Ireland, still has the accent uh, in his voice. He's about 6'2", uh, tall, thin guy. My mom was five foot nothing. And uh, we're, I'm American Indian and Spanish on my mom's side. And so uh, when I walked in, this is the first thing I should say, because here's what he told me he was expecting. He was expecting to see someone uh, a little short, Hispanic kid with long hair. That's what he expected. So when I walked up, he, he was a little taken back. And so we got our stuff, and it was great. So he was asking me about it, and I'm telling him all the things I had done in high school and, 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 and just 
sharing all those items and then talking about football. I was looking so forward to the football season starting. And he, then he started talking. And he started talking about, hey, uh, give me a copy of your schedule. And uh, do, you know, I'll stay in contact with you. I'll call you once a week. And the more he talked, the more I sat back in my chair. And I thought, this is the last time I'm going to see him. And I remember I got home, I got to my grandmother's house, and my mom and my grandmother both met me. They all wanted to know about it. And of course, you can't ask a high school, kid, a high school male to explain stuff because you, you don't get explanations. But I just told him. I said, yeah, I, w- I won't see him again. He didn't, he didn't love me. I put a huge dent in my heart. So Father's Day is a very different experience. So Mark asking me to talk about Father's Day is different because I don't have a reference point to go with. Uh, Mark does a great job with this. Uh, sometimes when you hear a Father's Day sermon, we have a tendency to give fathers a list of things they need to do. Mother's Day, let, let me kind of explain, Mother's Day is different. We glorify mothers. We glorify them to the hilt, which we need to. Father's Day, we kind of sometimes, we kind of tell them where they kind of fall short. In our society, uh, we don't exactly hold fathers to the highest standard. I, I love sitcoms. I love to watch comedies. Uh, but when you look at comedies like George Lopez, Everyone loves Raymond, Blackish, Last Man Standing. Uh, and for those of you, if you think back all the way to Dick Van Dyke show, okay, fathers are just the, they're just the butt of the joke. They're just there, and, and it's kind of fun to make fun of them. Matthew chapter 19, 19 says, this is a young man comes to Jesus and says, what does it take for me to have eternal life? And Jesus starts this explanation by, first of all, repeating this. It says, Honor your father and mother and love your neighbor as yourself. That's the first thing he says. Honor your father and mother. We don't do very well in showing honor. I kind of want to give you some famous quotes. I went out to look for some famous quotes from people in our society and what they talk about fathers. Of all the rocks upon which we build our lives, we are reminded today that family is the most important. And we are called to recognize and honor how critical Every father is to that foundation. They are teachers and coaches. They are mentors and role models. They are examples of success and men who constantly push us towards it. Barack Obama. Fatherhood, after all, is about childhood. Fatherhood is walking the floor at midnight with a sick baby. Fatherhood is putting your arm around a child crying because they lost their balloon. Fatherhood is repairing a bicycle wheel for the umpteenth time, knowing it won't last. Fatherhood is guiding youth through wilderness of adolescence toward the vast expanse of adulthood. Fathers holding tight when everything else is falling apart. And fatherhood is letting go when the time is right. Ronald Reagan. Every father should remember that one day, His son is going to follow his example, not his advice. Uh, I love this story. Daryl Hutchinson, his dad, Warren Hutchinson, a lot of you remember Warren. Warren's gone on to take his victory now. And uh, just great. Warren was a great dad. And I can't hardly talk to Daryl. We talk all the time. You can't hardly talk to Daryl before he says something about his dad. And he was making a comment that one day his dad always wanted him to learn Scripture. So Daryl is He's older, married, got his kids, and he was in the store, grocery store, H-E-B. And his dad calls him and wants him to recite a scripture. So it's Psalms 1, uh, let's see here, Psalms 118, 24. This is the day the Lord has made. 
We will rejoice and be glad in it. So he wanted him to say it. So Daryl's an H-E-B, of course. So Daryl just starts saying, this is the day the Lord has made. His dad goes, what? And he's a little louder. This is the day the Lord. His dad made him say it over and over again. Until I get this picture that everybody in H-E-B was hearing this guy standing in this aisle saying, this is the day the Lord has made. The Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 3, 3, to bind his words on our fingers and, uh, wear them, uh, and write them on tablets of our heart. I agree with that. A girl's father is the first man. Let me hear this. A girl's father is the first man in her life and probably the most influential. David Jeremiah. Shane West uh, is a great dad. Shane is just tremendous in the fact that he is just... He loves his girls, and he tells her every day he would take them to school, and before they got out of the car, he would pray with them. I just think that's a great story. Start off a, ch- a child uh, in the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. Proverbs twenty-two six. Let's not forget the great theologian that we all know and love, Mark Absher, who once told me that fatherhood was not for wimps. I'll let that sink in for just a second there. You know, you look at the book of Jer- Joshua, it says to be strong and courageous. Dads, we have to do that. Psalms 127, 4 through 5 says, Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. Now, I want to tell you about three things that I've tried to learn in my life of being a father. And again, these are just practical items because I don't speak from expertise. Ephesians chapter 5, 33 says, However, each one of you should love his wife as he loves himself. Because point number one is, love their mother. Date her. Hold her hand. Help her around the house. Now, I want to be fair here and say, okay, there are two machines. I, I love gadgets, but there are two things in my house I don't touch. I don't touch the dishwasher, and I don't touch the washer. Okay? Not that I can't, but... I just don't do that. My job is folding. So when the clothes come out of the dryer, that's on me. So I make sure all the clothes are folded. And I didn't grow up with a dishwasher, so my habit is I, I'd rather hand wash them uh, than use that contraption. She always tells me, why don't you just use the dishwasher? Because I want to be harder than, I want to be hard-headed. So this morning, another item that's kind of cool. So I, I'm telling you right now, Mark tries to say, you know, the second time you do this is easier. No, it's not. And so this morning before I left the house, and I, I must have had this look on my face, so as I'm leaving, and she set, tells me goodbye, she says, hey, do you want me to pray with you? Man, it just touched my heart. We need to be doing that together, and the kids need to see that. Rich Taylor, most of you know he's gone on to get his victory, uh, but I, I, I owe a lot of credit to Rich Taylor. Rich was one of those that he saw me, he saw how raw that was going to be. And he put his arm around me and tried to help me with a lot of things. And he, we'd, we'd talk and visit, we'd go over budget items, we'd talk about purchases of items. But one of the greatest lessons he ever taught me when it comes to loving their mother, he said, Randa should never touch a door. Not, not that she can't. He said, but if that's the least of the things that you can do for her because of all that she's done for you, it carries to my heart today. I always open the door for her. That's just me. Proverbs 31.10 says, A wife of noble character, who can find? She is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. Proverbs 31.28 says, 
Her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Kids need to hear that too. In the message, First uh, Peter chapter three verse seven says the same goes for husbands. Be good husbands to your wives, honor them, delight in them, as women that they lack some of your advantages. But in the new life of God's grace, they are equals. Treat your wives uh, as equals, so that your prayers won't run aground. Uh, another friend of mine, see, I had to have lots of people. God, God has put lots of people in my life to help me. Another friend of mine, Mike Galbraith, they, they live in Lubbock. Mike has helped me with a lot of things as well. He has a wife. She is the kindest-hearted person, sweet as could be, and tough as nails, let me tell you. And Mike taught me to make sure that uh, I consult, and I'm going to say this because somebody thought I, thought I said insult this morning. I'm going to say it, consult your wife first. Talk to your wife first. Treat her with that respect. Colossians 3.19. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Wayne Rushing. Man, you guys know here. Wayne is, he talks about his wife. He gets this look in his eye. And he says, I don't deserve her, but I thank God every day for her. It just resonates in your soul for another man to say that. Ephesians 5.25, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Everybody kind of see the theme that kind of runs right through the Bible? Love their mother. The most important thing a father can do for his children is to love their mother, Theodore Hirschberg. Okay, I need to make this clear. I didn't learn any of this from my dad. Personally, my situation is very different than most of you in this room. Someone asked me, did you think you suffer because you didn't have a dad? Yeah, I do. It stunted my growth. My daughter took a psychology class when she was in, uh, at LCU. She called me, she's kind of in tears one day. She'd gone through the family section. Uh, I'm uh, probably not telling the story correctly uh, as I should, but she said they read all these things about people in my situation, the way I grew up, and it's pointed that if I grew up in this situation, I should be on alcohol or drugs or have some other problem. And she goes, how did that change? And I had to think for a minute, and I answered it, Jesus. Jesus made that change. God didn't just put a band-aid over that hole in my heart. He sent Jesus and the Holy Spirit to fill it in. What a perfect love. In my case, all of you know, I was I married way above my standard. Okay. Yeah, okay, you laugh. You, okay, we got that. I did. I, I married a wonderful woman. Now, Randa's concept of family and my concept of family were completely two different things. Why she ever thought that I would be a good husband and take care of her and, and raise her children, I have no idea, except for the fact that she looked at me with the love of the Lord. But fortunately for me, in that turn, I also picked up a father-in-law. A father-in-law who looked at me and said, hmm, I got I to gotta do something about this kid. Someone who, he, as he spoke to me, and, and, and God gave me the humility to close my mouth and pay attention. And I've tried to do that. So, Larry, thank you. The kids thank you. The, the grandkids thank you. The great-grandkids thank you. 
Uh, hmm. You look at those kind of situations and uh, as a dad, the next thing we need to do is we need to seek God. Seek God first. <laughs> like my ability to preach, I have no training as being a father. My grandfather and my uncle, they tried, but they didn't live with us. They, they lived in a different town. They were 200 miles away. They just didn't have access all the time. Uh, and so I, I was, had other people around me that kind of helped me a little bit. I had some good coaches. I will tell you, those of you who are grandfathers or uncles that are doing double duty, those of you who are neighbors, because the neighbor kid doesn't have a dad, and so you're kind of extending to them, thank you. Thank you for letting your light shine, because they need that. The blood of, the blood of Jesus and the adoption into his family has changed my life. Now, when you see or hear good things about good fathers, Prince Bivy, when he talks about his dad, first of all, I think I hear his dad's, I, I don't know what his dad sounds like, but I, I, could, I think I hear his dad's voice. And I ask, I ask him a lot of questions about his dad. I hope he doesn't mind. But his dad sounds awesome. He sound, his dad was a preacher, sounds like a great preacher. He was, sounds like a great husband. And I can tell by his son he was a great father. We need to share things like that. The words, God, I need your help, rolled off my lips a lot. It rolls off my lips a lot now because I fall short on a few things. You know, there's not a lot. We can do a lot of painful things to each other. Our society, we can do some things. We can say some things. We can act out. Uh, just the way we respond to people is really painful. But man, not, not any more so than our, in our families. Man, we can really be hard on our families. Uh, if you look at Jabez, First uh, Chronicles chapter 4, verses 9 through 10. I mean, Jabez, which means, okay, his mother named him, and the word Jabez means she had pain in his birth. My first thought was, where is his dad? Let me say, we're not naming him a painful boy. But she named him that. I know there are situations that we deal with in families. I know there's some of you that are raising kids on your own. I, I get it. I know it's hard. Hang in there. You're doing a good job. Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 through 39. Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as, your, as yourself. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that anyone should believe in him, should not perish, but have eternal life. This is so cool. Matthew chapter 6, the disciples say, Jesus, teach us how to talk to God. He goes, no problem. He looks at him and he says, Our Father, who art in heaven. His first words are, you get to call him Dad. That's pretty powerful. Matthew chapter, oh, before I go off, well, I'll do this. Matthew chapter 7, verse 11. Then though, you are, uh, then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will the Father in heaven give good gifts to those who seek him because you ask for it? Proverbs 27, 17. For as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Guys, we have to have, I'm sorry, we have to have people hold us accountable. You have to have someone hold your feet to the fire and help you become better 
So I hope you have that. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 12. A cord of three strands cannot easily be broken. So Rich was with that for me. So he had Rich Taylor, then me, and we tried to look for somebody younger younger, because Rich's idea was the three of us together would help make us better fathers, better husbands. Seek God. Next one is be there. The thing I had to learn was to be there. Be there for the first time that you see your kid. Brendan went to the Little Red Caboose when he was a kid. I was starting my business. I, I was running from one appointment to another just trying to make ends meet. And he had been practicing all summer to get his first dive into the pool. Okay? He was so excited about that. And Randa was saying, are you going to make it? Are you going to make it? Um, I'm going to try and make it. I'm going to try. So I walked in. They were, his, his group was standing up. He was coming up in the line. And he looked over. He's looking at the, all these parents with all their faces pushed up against the screen. And, and, he, and he finds me. And so I gave him a thumbs up, and he, the look is he gave me the thumbs up back. Or how about this one? My daughter playing in the MLK tournament when she was in a high school a volleyball tournament here in town. Okay, she served 19 straight volleyball serves. You should have seen her face. That coach on the other team did everything in their power to try and stop her. Couldn't. And that look in her face, I'll never forget that. Or... Some of you can relate to this. When your kids have their own kids, that's pretty powerful. I had some statistics on here that I was going to read to you about parents, fathers not being in the home. And consulting, consulting my wife on my lesson, she said, I, I don't know that I'd put those in there. But I think we kind of understand that. We need to understand that importance. But I do want to tell those that are doing it on their own, you're my hero. My mom did it with five children. Amazing. Keep it up. We're praying for you. Folks, I'm not going to tell you about the situations in my life. You don't need to hear about the beatings. You don't need to hear about the other things. They're sad and it's awful. But know that all that's different because of Jesus. But on that video, I will tell you that that did ring out. How come he don't want me? How come he don't want me? But you know what? Jesus does want me. With God, you'll never have to ask those questions because he'll always be with you. Uh, just one little item. So little Timmy was late for football practice. So he's getting ready and he yells at his dad, Dad, I'm late for football practice. Can you do my homework? And his dad was a little annoyed and said, that just wouldn't be right. And he said, well, can you try anyway? <laughs> We've got to try. We get to try. So, again, fathers, I want to thank you for the job that you've done. Well done. I really appreciate that. For those dads that are at home and away, great job. Keep it up. Love your wives. Seek God and be there. Now, I know some of you may be struggling with some issues. There's some things going on in your life that you need fixed. It's a great place to begin this morning as we, we can do that here begin fixing those items. 
There are those of you who you may not know the love of Jesus like you need to. You've not confessed your sins. You've not put on Jesus in baptism. You haven't, done, you haven't received the gift of the Holy Spirit. That can all be done. We're going to have elders down front this morning. You can come and take advantage of that now as we stand and sing.